views or opinions of Northumberland 89.7 FM. The information given is designed to be informative and helpful. You should always consult a professional when buying or selling your home. Center for Policy Alternatives report found that someone working full-time at minimum wage could only afford to rent a two-bedroom apartment in 3% of Canadian neighbourhoods. Canada's economy seems to be doing well according to major economic indicators, yet our nation's wealth has not been translating into improved housing options for Canadians. This year, political parties are making affordability in our day-to-day lives a large component of their election platforms. With only 10 days before our October 21st voting day, we'll be looking at home ownership election platforms, helping us to analyze the various home ownership platforms that have been announced at this time. I would like to welcome Jody Ledgerwood, broker of record for Northumberland Hills Realty. And Jody, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Dale. Yeah, and. Uh, and I better turn up my mic here. And and you're just back from a conference, from a PAC, a Political Action Committee conference for realtors? Yes, the Canadian Real Estate Association. I've been in Ottawa the last three or four days. So this is, uh, this is like the perfect show for you. <laughs> it, the timing is good. <laughs> yeah, the timing is great. And, and, and you didn't want to say perfect show because... <laughs> because it, we're talking politics, and politics okay. is not perfect. Far from it. Yeah. Well, and and you know what? On that note, on that note, I just want to be clear that I'm an undecided voter. I have no agenda here on this show. If if there are more points we're talking about on one political party, that is most likely because that political party has more points on housing and home ownership. Would. Are you in agreement? or? I think I'm in, a, in an agreement. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, <laughs> because you know what? Politics, uh, people get pretty passionate about it, and I really just don't want to uh, upset people thinking I, that I'm, you know, fulfilling an agenda here. I'm with you. All right. So let's get begin today's show with Snapshot for October 10, 2019. A look at residential real estate market in Northumberland County. And there has been 133 single-family residential sales over the past month, and that's up one sale since last week's report. It leaves us with a decreasing inventory of 503 residential listings for sale. The average selling price of successful sales over the past year is up by approximately $1,000 from last week's report to $400 and $40,000. Now that's Northumberland County in general. Average price in Coburg over the past year, 476000 In the town of Port Hope over the past year, 446000 And in the town of Brighton, 398000 During the past year, people have received on average approximately 98% of their list price in a market time of 46 days. And we are still in the seller's market with an absorption rate at approximately 26%. And that uh, can 
and, and basically that means we have a residential home inventory that can satisfy approximately 3.8 months of sales at this at the rate homes have been selling. And the research sees Northumberland County statistics and calculate the absorption rate using information from CoreLogic's matrix system. And matrix is the local realtor component of the MLS system. So if you're thinking of buying or selling a home in Northumberland County, you'll want this information to be area specific to where you're looking at or live, specific to the property type you're dealing with and the price band it's in. So talk to your local realtor and they will help you understand this information. Today's mortgage rates, five-year fixed is as low as 2.69% and a five-year variable as low as 2.89%. And with mortgage rates, as always, some conditions do apply. And today's rates come to us from mortgage broker Carol Ann Bryant with Dominion Lending Centers Alliance. We also have a notice this morning in support of the Canadian Breast Cancer Society and Breast Cancer Aware Awareness Month, Coldwell Banker RMR Real Estate Brokerage is hosting a barbecue. And that barbecue will be on Friday, October 25th from 11.30 to 1.30 in the afternoon. And for $5, you can get a burger or a sausage and a soda and at the same time help support the Breast Cancer Society. Uh, just a note, Cancer Society of Canada, they don't receive any government funding for research. So making events like this barbecue is a key uh, event to attend. And just a reminder, it's taking place Friday, October 25, from 11.30 a.m. till 1.30 p.m. And it's going to happen in the parking lot of Coldwell Banker RMR Real Estate at 1040 Division Street in Coburg. And folks, that is your current snapshot of the residential real estate market and events in Northumberland County. And I'd just like to remind everybody that the views and opinions expressed on Reality Realty <coughs> or any of the articles presented do not represent necessarily the views and opinions of the station of the Northumberland Hills Association of Realtors or any real estate brokerage or realtor. They're simply our views and opinions at this time so Jody yes Dale part and, uh, party home ownership pro platforms for the 2019 elections and and you're just you're just hot off this <laughs> conference right I am my brain might not be as quickly okay. as I would like it to be okay. it was a long conference a lot of long days a lot of information for for me to um, absorb all right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to try and help you index all those thoughts and 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 retrieve some of those thoughts. Okay. And uh so <coughs> generally generally speaking you're in in different um workshops, I guess, in the conference or how what did that look like? So, the conference Normally, we get to meet with our MPs. Uh, the conference focuses more on lobbying asks um, for the Canadian Real Estate Association to lobby the government on different <coughs> programs that help consumers with regards to purchasing houses, uh, mortgage rates, uh, different programs, and expanding the ability of people to be able to buy and sell homes. Um, with the federal election going on, there were no MPs for us to meet. So mm -hmm. this was a very different conference for me to attend than what I've attended in, in the past. Um, so this conference really focused on different 
platforms of the parties, um, lobbying senators how to do that, uh, different strategies for for the housing supply to be increased, different strategies for first-time home buyers to get into the market, and and to re redefine who is a first-time home buyer. Redefine. Yes. Okay, so that's one of the topics going on. Yes. But yet, I I don't think I saw it on anybody's platform. Um, no, and you know what, Dale? I printed <coughs> off last night. Um, Korea has this this wonderful section, and it's updated regularly. And they they put on there what the party platforms and commitments are of each of the parties. And as I was going through it last night, or more specifically at 3 a.m. this morning. Ye gods. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. that, that's just how my work schedule goes. Yeah. Um, so as I was going through it, I did not really see a, a full-on commitment from any party to redefine who a first homeowner is. And I know last year um, when I met with our MP, um, we did discuss it or touch on it a little bit. Um, the U.S. defines a first-time homeowner very differently than what what we in Canada define it as. Do you, do you happen to know the differences off the top of your head? I actually have them right here in front of me okay. so that I could give it to you word for word. So currently in Canada, a first-time homeowner is defined as someone who did not live in another home owned by them or their spouse or common-law partner in the year of acquisition or in any of the four preceding years, okay? Okay. So in the States, um, the definition of a first-time first -time home buyer is that plus a single parent who has only owned a home with a former spouse while married and a displaced homemaker who has only owned with a spouse. So basically people going through separation and divorce starting over are now being defined as first-time home buyers. Okay, so that, <coughs> that just gives a, a chance for incentives to just a few more people. To start over, yeah. you know, they, the stats say 50% of all marriages end in divorce. That's a lot of people that can't get back into the housing market once mm -hmm. the marriage breaks down. So with this definition, those people can now draw on their RSPs again to buy a house. So Korea's Political Action Committee, you've been, as part of that, You've been lobbying for this uh, redefining? We, we have been. Um, it is part of our mandate to do that. Um, there are other things we've been lobbying for, but this one has been a big one in the last two years. Okay, so, so lobbying for it, but nothing yet. Nobody's uh, listening to that particular cry. Yeah, nothing concrete. Now, they're listening and obviously, they're taking our concerns back to their parties when we meet with our MPs. They're listening. They're taking the, this information back to their parties. Um, and, and sometimes stuff like this sort of gets thrown under the carpet or deemed less important than something else. So it's not that they're totally ignoring us. They are listening. Um, I think they're just not sure how to put that into play. And I'm sure they're looking at other markers, such as, well, if this person is redefined, what about when a spouse dies? Does the, the, another, the, the 
a surviving spouse, sorry, are they now redefined as a first-time homeowner? I'm sure there's more to it than just that. You're being very kind because <laughs> because you're saying maybe maybe it's not on anybody's platform today because they haven't sorted out the details. Correct. But when we take a look at the platform issues we're going to look at, um, there's there's a number of things being said without the details being sorted out yet, right? There is, and I know that there are some new incentive programs that were rolled out, but there's a lot of unanswered questions on how mm-hmm. how it's going to actually affect the market and affect people who take advantage of these new programs, such as the CMHC willing to invest an another 5% into your home or give you a a loan at 5%, um, they haven't really... So invest another... uh, Are are you talking about the first-time home buyer uh, incentive that that just... uh, When when did that just came out? I think September. It just came out in... Yeah, I think in September. It was implemented. It was announced, yes. No, it was... Announced in June or July. And implemented in September. Correct. So they're talking about topping up the limit, cap, that, the cap on that. Yeah, basically. Increasing. So anyone who's buying a home, they're, they're talking that CMHC will invest another 5% into your home. I think depending on what, what size of home or, or the value of the home, it could be 5%, it could be 10%, that CMHC will basically give you a loan that doesn't need to be repaid back until you sell the home. Um but they, there's a lot of unanswered questions there, such as, well, how how are they registering this loan that they're giving you for possible renovations, for possible purchasing costs? Um, are they going to register it on title? How do we know, especially as realtors, this is a big concern for us, how do we know if a person has bought a house today and decides they want to sell it next year, how do we know about that 5%? Is there enough money to close the house at the end of the deal? Where are they registering this if it's not on title? Um, and how does that affect costs at the end? Is there enough money to pay out the mortgage that's with a lender plus pay out that 5 or 10% that CMHC lent the people? And I know that they're talking that that 5% will be reflective of the market as well. So that 5% when the house sells could actually be 10% that you owe or it could be 3% that you owe. Because uh, the government's going to want to take their profit on that profit or loss they're they're saying they'll share in the profit or loss of your home so this this is in fact part of the the program that was implemented in september they just want to grow it bigger that's it yeah well while we're on the topic of first-time home buyers why don't we just do that why don't we look at what are what are the different parties saying um for first-time home buyers uh in in this election platform and then and then we'll just share our two cents (laughs) <laughs> I love for, you, Dale. <laughs> for, for, for all that is worth. <laughs> for all uh, that's worth. Yeah. Okay. So, so do, you, do you have one you want to Well, talk about here? Do I have one? Or do oh you want me goodness. to come up with one? Y- you, I, you I got mine color-coded, so mine oh, are easier. Oh, you are so ahead of the mine game. Mine are easier to spot. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I got one here. Um, is, uh, okay. In, in the 2019 budget, they increased the amount of first-time home buyer, the amount a first-time home buyer can withdraw from their RSPs. This is the liber- Liberal gov- government, yes. Justin Trudeau. So already in their budget for 2019, they increased the amount of first-time 
that first-time home buyers can withdraw from their RRSPs. Yes. And it was twenty-five thousand, and now it's thirty-five thousand. So that's something the Liberals have already put in play. Yes. So what do you think about that? The, like, does that does that help the people you're working with? Can you see it making any change in 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 Northumberland County here? Um. When you think of a first-time home buyer and you look at the age of your typical first-time home buyer, they're probably in their late 20s, early 30s now. Back in my day, it was in your mm -hmm. early 20s you were a first-time home buyer. How many of us actually had 25000 or 35000 now actually put aside to buy a house? Um, people are coming out of post-secondary education with these huge, this huge debt load. Where are they finding twenty-five dollars or $35,000 to pull off of? to put down for a house unless they started saving when they were 18 my guess is they don't have that amount of money I think it, it's it's a fabulous idea to increase it but when you look at the first-time home buyer it, it doesn't really help so POP perfect on paper you got it and uh, it looks good as a platform or something you've implemented is it really going to cost the government much because how many people can actually take advantage of it? You got it. I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to make a lick of difference, to be perfectly honest. I completely agree. I mean, there's going to be a few. A, a small few. Yeah. And I think those those small few are probably in the top 1% of income earners. Yeah. And, 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 and catering to that small percent isn't what's going to change the landscape of home ownership in, in Canada. I agree. Yeah. All right. So that's one. Um, <laughs> I got, uh, I'm just going to read it here. Go for um, it. Offer, offer first-time homebuyer subsidies of 10% on new home purchase and 5% on resales. So I think that's the CMHC that's program that I was talking CMHC. about. So, so again, how many people does that help? I don't know. And I believe that program has limits as well on the the amount of home that you can purchase so if you live in toronto you can't take advantage of this at all and i think it also goes to how much income you make i don't think as a dual income household you're allowed to make more than one hundred twenty thousand. so those people can't take advantage of the program either so again perfect on paper yeah helps only a s small number of people yeah I, I also have a note here jody um that the uh the incentive cap they're proposing they'll they'll raise that and and it was um, the cap was originally five hundred and five thousand and it's gonna go up to seven hundred and eighty nine thousand dollars. So that allows for more of a house. More of a house. In in this area. Definitely in this area. I, I don't know that it okay. still helps in the bigger markets. Um, I think I saw a stat the other day that said the average Toronto home sold for, I think it was 831. Uh, my jaw dropped. Mm. I'm like, wow, that's the average sale price. And what's yeah. the average sale price here? We Dale? had 440, I yeah. believe, this morning. Let me just review. You'd think I could remember these <laughs> things. You just said yeah, it. I can't remember it. Four, 440,000 <laughs> in uh in Northumberland General, uh, in Coburg, 476,000, in the town of Port Hope, 446,000, in the town of Brighton, 398. So definitely, if you want to get into some convoluted agreement with the government, mm -hmm. uh, taking a piece of your profit and or loss, no, not and or, or loss, or loss. Uh, 
then then maybe that's the program for you. Yeah. But again, I, I think it's only going to help a very small fraction of, of the population. Yeah. Um, those, those are the ones from the liberal. Th- those are the first-time homebuyer uh, points I have from the li- liberal government. Yeah. Um, I, I have... I have what about the conservatives? Yeah, do you, do you have something there for conservatives? I have that they would, and this is also a, a, something that the Canadian Real Estate Association is lobbying on, is uh, the stress test, reforming the mortgage stress test rules and regulations around it. Either, I don't think we're going to see it disappear, mm-hmm. um, and so we're not asking as a Canadian Real Estate Association for it to disappear, but we're asking them to reform it, make it more, one, more regionalized, and, and to maybe bring the the percentage point down some, especially for particular neighborhoods like our neighborhood. We didn't get this crazy, crazy high prices that Toronto is getting, and our employment levels are much lower. Our inc- ability to make income is much lower here than possibly in a more urban center. Um, so they're talking. The conservatives are talking about making it m- a more regionalized stress test that makes sense based mm-hmm. on income, population. Um, etc. Yeah, and and I mean, right now, uh, Carol Ann, uh, she she had mortgage rates, so you can get a five-year fix as low as two point six nine percent right now. Yes. So you know, you're trying to figure out what you can afford at two point six nine, but the stress test is saying you have to be uh, qualify as though you're paying five point one nine. Exactly. And and Carol Ann, if you're listening, and I got wrong, phone in, and we'll <laughs> we'll correct that, but. is what they're saying. Prove to us you can afford this place at 5.19. And if you can, then then we'll give you the mortgage at uh, At uh, 2.69. That's a a pretty big stretch. And and I I, I appreciate a stress test to make sure that we help people not... Overextend themselves. Overextend, but... You know, is that a bit severe? I think it is. When was the last time we saw interest rates at 5.9%? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think when I bought my first house back in 1999, uh, my interest rate, I think then was 6.1. And that was a great rate. And then five years later, the rate was, I think, three. So that was 1999, 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I have a hard time believing we're going to see that kind of a rate in the next five years or when people go to renew their mortgage. And then I always look at it like this. Okay, um, when they go to renew their mortgage, they've now got more equity. We know that you can't get a mortgage anymore with 0% down. You have to have your minimum 5%. So when you renew your mortgage in five years, not only do you have that 5% equity, hopefully still built up in there, depending mm-hmm. on what the real estate market is doing, but you've now gained equity. So you should still be able to afford a higher mortgage rate. And I know in the last two years or the last two times I've renewed my mortgage, the rate's been under 3% each time. Yeah. And, and, and that's uh, just a quick thing there. Um, the, the conservative government is, uh, is looking to uh, review this mortgage stress test for first-time home buyers, but also um, re- review for mortgage renewals. renewals. And that's not just for the first-time home buyer now. That's for that's for everybody. So, that's it. Because yeah. right now, with the way the stress test is set up, if you want to leave who you currently borrow from, you have to requalify under the new stress test rules. However, if you stay with wi- who you are with, 
you don't have to qualify, it just rolls over. So basically, they've handcuffed consumers um, as to where they can borrow money from or possibly get better rates from because now they can't. Yeah, so uh, the competition board, hello. You uh, where are they? Insta- <laughs> instead of protecting, you're really, you're really locking them in and, and they're, uh, they're hostage to uh, whatever that lender is saying. Well, Jody, we're, we're already over time for our break. Oh, my goodness. So, folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty, Northumberland 89.7 FM's local real estate talk. Join us after this break, and we will be getting right back to business on 2019 election platforms as they pertain to home buying and home ownership. We'll be right back. Radio is back with me, Jordan Appleman. Tune in every Friday afternoon at 1.15. Call 905-372-2321 and let us know about anything you've got that you would like to sell, trade, or give away. And we'll let everyone know in Northumberland. You can also tell us about any yard or garage sales you have coming up this week. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook group, Northumberland 89.7 Tradio Buy and Sell. That's Tradio on Northumberland 89.7, truly local radio. The federal election is on October 21st. If you think you'll be away from home or too busy on election day, you can vote early. Advanced polls will be open from October 11th to 14th. Check your voter information card or visit elections.ca for all the ways you can vote. For the official information you need to vote, visit elections.ca or call 1-800-463-6868. It's our vote. Welcome back. This is Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty with Dale Bryant. And our my, my guest co-host today is Jody Ledgerwood. And we're talking about the 2019 federal election party platforms as they relate to home buying and home ownership. And Jody, before the break, we were getting into, um, we were well into home, uh, first-time home buyer, uh, party platforms and we we did the conservative we did the liberal and um how about the uh democratic new democratic party um there do you have it handy or yeah so i know one of their the things that they're talking about is reintroducing the 30-year amortization on mortgages Mm -hmm. which will if you if the stress test doesn't go anywhere or there's no reforms made to it it will at least allow people to still get into uh, a home that is more expensive i guess you could say or a home that properly reflects what they actually can afford yes if 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 during the stress test, they're allowed to use 30 years on the stress test. Yes. So if, it, if it's just, if they don't allow 30 years on the stress test, then, then they won't be able to purchase more. They'll just be able to uh, spread it out more comfortably. So yeah. details, right? The, it, exactly. So here we are. We're having a whole show on this. And, and, the, and the reality is we don't have the details. But we have everything we can have. We have a lot of ideas. Ideas. But but I don't think any party, and if anybody caught the debate um, the other night, they really didn't go into any details. We're we're getting ideas thrown at us, but with no real way to implement those ideas. So what does that actually look like? I don't know. Yeah, And, and the other big variable, so that one big variable is details, and the other big variable is even if they had the details... 
can you really believe it'll happen? Exactly. Or will they allow it to happen and then four years from now when the next election happens, they pull it back? Yeah. What happens to those mortgages? Are they grandfathered in or now do you have to qualify under 25 with the real stress test again? You, you know, you <coughs> just have to work with what you have. <laughs> I, you know, I'm thinking in general, you got to look at these people and try to calculate their integrity. Good luck on that. And yeah, and maybe just party history, uh, are there patterns? Very tough, very tough to know. <clears throat> and then you get parties like Green and, and, and NDP who haven't really given us a federal track record. So you're trying to anticipate. Exactly. And I mean, do they even have a chance? I don't know. If you look at the polls, <coughs> they really don't. It, it's between liberal and conservative. However, they are saying probably a minority government. So if, a, if it's a minority government, um, do any of these changes come into effect? Yeah. And, 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 and then, I mean, if, if uh, the Canadian people are disillusioned enough by the two big parties, mm -hmm. you never know. There could be a big surprise. There could be. On the 21st. It would be interesting. So the other thing the NDP are saying is um, a double first-time homebuyer tax credit to $1,500. Yes, from the current 750 right? Yeah. So just, just a little bit, but little bits matter. A little bits definitely matter. You know, that 1500 there's your mover's cost. There's your, your lawyer's fees paid. Okay. <laughs> paid several months later. A part, a part <laughs> of the lawyer fees and mover costs. <laughs> Well, one or, the, one or the other. When, when, have, you paid, or the when other. have you paid movers last? <laughs> well, Did my, you move yourself? Myself, I have a van and a truck, so okay. I move myself. <clears throat> Let me just tell you, Jody, you might be slightly out of touch with mover costs. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be <clears throat> a, a, an unwelcome surprise if, if you... If I ever have to engage a mover. If you ever have to mover? do that. And, and really and truly, I don't see any of the other parties saying anything about uh, first-time homebuyers. No, not with regards to that, the tax credit, right? Yeah. Why don't we get into, why don't we get into, uh, oh, what could we get into here? How about af affordable housing? That seems to be a mm. big one right now, affordable housing. It is, and all of the parties are talking about affordable housing. Again, leaving out details, um, they're talking that perhaps... Each level of government should be working together um, to fix the issues that are regional to them. Who's saying that? Uh, well, one, the Canadian Real Estate Association is pushing for all three levels of government okay. to work together um, so that the federal government can understand what provincially and municipally is happening in every single arena. Um, to, to put out there a one-size-fits-all, just, it just doesn't work, which we've seen with the stress test. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I know each party has their own flavor for how they would like to see that done. Okay, well, we started with liberals last time. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I'm, okay, uh, let's, let's go NDP first. Uh, they're, they're saying let's build, let's build 500,000 affordable homes over 10 years. Mm -hmm. What do you think about <coughs> this? Uh, and, and the whole focus on affordable housing. Uh, 
I th- again, in theory, idea-wise, it sounds fabulous. Where are they building these homes? A lot of the land, especially here in Northumberland, is landlocked by zoning. The Water Protection Act is, is uh, forever increasing in the amount of land that it's taking over. You've got the Oak Ridges Moraine. You've got farmland that's zoned agricultural. So where exactly are they building these new homes? Okay, so, so even though... I don't have a single affordable housing specific platform point for conservative. If if I we want to just sort of stretch that, um, they they are saying they'll ease regulations to get new homes built in general. Now so is that a good idea? If, if you look at the the look at it from an environmental aspect, again, we're, we're eating up our oxygen resources, cutting down trees. Um, we have all these fires going on in the rainforest. Are we going to need these trees? We've got farmland that is being zoned development land. How are we going to feed ourselves? We're starting to break down our infrastructure and how we, um, how we survive as a country. Does this mean we're now going to have to depend on more importing of food? And, okay, and so, you know, those are very real things. And uh, what about our environment? If we we creep into forested and farmland, but then what about all these, what about all these people who, who don't have a home to live in? And, And they can't get anything affordable. We've just made the whole system out of reach. We have, and I know they were talking, um, the last few days about immigration and, um, I think the number I heard was 350,000 immigrants that they allow into Canada each year. We're already suffering a housing shortage right now uh, with the people who are here. When you're adding 350,000 newcomers every year, where do they live? Yeah. And, and I don't know. I don't know the percentages of how many of those people need affordable housing and how many of them um, are coming with deep pockets uh i really don't know i don't know and i know that they were talking about there was this fantastic speaker there she's an urban planner in the toronto area and she was she was talking about how many floodplains are actually being built on and they're well-known floodplains and yet um municipalities and are allowing building permits to go there these houses are sitting on water or in uh, potential water potential water potential water reserves um and they're sinking so okay but you would think you would think in this day and age there's a way to know how to build on those like you know uh build build them on stilts build bring them up park a car underneath them I mean, we see we see around the world different geographical areas where half of the house is is propped up on uh, supports, and and they're actually not on potential in potential water; they're in permanent water. Yeah. So there are systems to do it right. Well, and you see more of that up in cottage country mm-hmm. houses built in sti- <coughs> on stilts. You don't necessarily see it in the urban centers. You don't see it in the suburbs. Uh, I know I don't live in a house on stilts. Maybe I should. My house is sinking, I think. <laughs> it's doing crazy things. You're on a you're on a hill for crying out loud, Jody. <laughs> I'm on a hill with, with clay and what? clay reacts way differently than soil. By the time that water gets up to your foundation, <laughs> you're gonna see a lot of boats. <laughs> you're probably I'm, right. I'm gonna be in one of the boats. <laughs> All right, so 
I mean, uh, NDP, 500 affordable uh, homes over 10 years. And they're also saying they'll, they'll create a, r a rental subsidy until the affordable homes are built. And so up to $5,000 in, in rental subsidies for nearly all the 500,000 uh, families who are struggling uh, to pay for housing. So, th so they're saying it, that's over 10 years, but in the meantime, we'll give some help to help you afford rent. Mm. And you know what? That's another problem is, and again, the speaker th the last few days brought this up about how houses used to be, you know, back in the 70s, you could buy a house and it was normally two times your income. Your annual income is what you, you would buy a house for. In 2000, you could buy a house for five times what your annual income is. Now, the average house purchase is 12 times what your what your annual income is. Um, so we can see now that a house... There's is a message of hope. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for our children. Um, so houses are no longer being treated as a ne necessity or a part of life. They're actually being looked at as investment portfolios. Um, look at how many houses are being bought up for investment purposes. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's the silent way to make money. Um, you know, at 12 times your, your income, that's pretty wonderful, which also means a lot of people are buying these houses. Big corporations realistically are coming in and buying all these houses and then renting them out for exorbitant amounts of money, hence the reason for rental subsidies that the government's having to look at. Mm -hmm. So maybe we need to start looking at how we, or, or changing our thought process on how we look at housing as as an actual need and not a, an asset or an investment opportunity yeah for sure and and, and and we'll get into that in just after one point here because the final point for affordability affordable housing from the NDP is they're suggesting to remove the uh, GST HST on the construction of affordable and rental units so they're trying to help the builders <coughs> they're proposing they're trying to help the builders uh, make, uh, you know, reduce, know reduce the cost. I know depending on the price of the home, they already get the HST rebate. They get a check back to them. And I know because I've built two houses on my own, I got an HST rebate back. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't get the full HST back that I paid, but I, I got a decent portion. I think it was about 30 to 50% of the HST that I paid, I got back. So there already is incentives depending on the, the cost of a home you built. So if you're building... Uh, a $1.2 million home, yeah, you're not getting that HST back because mm -hmm. you can afford to give up the HST. But if you're building a home, I believe it's under 400000 you get your HST or a good portion of it back. Yeah. And so, I mean, then we get into the Green Party, Elizabeth May. And she has actually quite a few points here on, okay. on uh, uh, for first-time home buyers. No, for affordable housing, rather. Um, <coughs> one of the things is she's... Um, proposing that they appoint a Minister of Housing that will oversee and strengthen the national housing strategy uh, to help meet the needs of af affordable housing in each province. What does that mean? So, <laughs> so maybe I'm thinking, and I'm not... I'm she's not job creating here. She, I think she's <laughs> saying we don't have anybody full-time looking at this. Let's get somebody full-time on this problem so that we can get some good answers. Mm -hmm. Pretty general. So she's creating a job. Yes. Or several. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, which is never bad to create a job. No, 100% it's not. And, uh, and then she also says she wants to re rethink the CMHC. And she wants it to have a mandate focus on affordable, non-market, and cooperative housing. So seems like all of a package. She's saying, let's, let's, let's take it up to our you know, highest levels of government and, and just see, you know, where are we starting? It's like rebuilding the Maple Leafs, right? It's <laughs> not just... It's sure, not use an analogy I don't understand. I'm not a hockey person. Okay, it's not just <laughs> not just getting new players, but they get the whole back, the staff and the coaching, and they start right, right from the ground. So, I mean, this is what it sounds like to me, and I'm not saying this is great. I'm just saying what it sounds like to me. Right. I. I. I you're and I. You're. 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 You seem jaded on this one. <laughs> I just don't know how, I, I, I understand the need for affordable housing. I understand the need for affordable rent. I totally get that, especially here in Northumberland. We, we don't have the big high paying jobs here. People have to commute um, to get those. So I totally get that. Um, we, we see it on our streets. We're smaller towns, so we, we do see it a little bit more uh, prevalently, especially in our schools. We, we see it. Um, so I understand that there's that need. I don't know that there's a perfect solution out there for it. Uh, I'm all for geared to income housing, um, but who, who eats up the cost of that? Um, are taxpayers willing to have their taxes increased? And are you going to hit just property owners? Or are you going to come in with another, like a carbon tax, where I if you buy food, you're going to be taxed on it to help those who are in uh, subsidized housing? I, I honestly don't know what the perfect solution is. Um, definitely uh, more, more cooperative housing, probably more I think we're going to have to start looking at the size of homes that people are building uh, again it was brought to light at our seminar or at the conference this, this week that our houses are getting bigger but our family size is getting smaller so how big of a house do you need for a family of four or, or now a family of two what size is appropriate um, do we need to be eating up you know one acre of land for a 4,000 square foot home if there's only three people living in it. So those people, the, the big question maybe on October 21st is going to be, are those people who have resources and who can live like that, are they willing to maybe give up a little tax-wise so that they can help the people who can't live like that just get into something? And so are we, uh, the people that have, are they going to be selfish and want to keep what they have? And Yes, I'm going to be selfish. And <laughs> I know you're joking. <laughs> and, but are they going to just want to keep what they have and mm -hmm. not be willing to uh, even the playing field? Or are they going to say, you know what? Um, yeah, I like that platform. I like that they're, they're looking out for my community who can't have this and, and they're going to figure out a way to use my tax as well exactly. in order to get affordable housing. And, and Jody, we got, we're once again Over time. On, on our break. So we're going to take a break right now. Folks, you've been listening to Reality Realty on Northumberland 89.7 FM, local real estate talk. Join us after this break because Jody and I, we still have lots to cover. 
Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Stevie Wonder. If you love the big horn hits of the 70s, complete with powerful saxon trumpets, you need to see Oakland Stroke. Performing for one night only, November 1st at Port Hope's Capitol Theater. This is your chance to get funky as Oakland Stroke pays tribute to Tower of Power, the fabled San Francisco Bay Area band. Get your dancing shoes and your bell-bottoms ready. To get your tickets today or to find out more info, visit CapitalTheater.com. I'm Kim Rudd, your Liberal candidate for Northumberland Peterborough South. Over the last four years, we have worked hard on your behalf to provide more money for families and seniors. We've developed a real plan to create good new jobs while addressing climate change. Andrew Shears Conservatives will cut taxes for the wealthiest. A re-elected Liberal government will again cut taxes for the middle class. On October 21st, choose forward. Vote Kim Rudd. Contact me at kimrudd.liberal.ca. Authorized by the official agent for Kim Rudd. Welcome back. This is your local real estate forum, Northumberland 89.7 FM's Reality Realty. With Dale Bryant and our guest co-host today is Jody Ledgerwood, broker of record for Northumberland Hills Realty. And Jody, we were, we were on affordable housing when we went for break. And I just wanted to finish that off. And uh, we, we did the new Demo- uh, NDP. Uh, we, were, we were into the Green Party and they have... They have a few more things, and, and one of the, one of the uh, points in their platform is something you referred to uh, before break, because you were talking about we were talking about rent rentals and, and affordable rentals, and you said something to the, f- to the effect that uh, we're just we're just not doing a good job of providing homes for everyone, um, and the Green Party has a neat thing because they want to legislate. The, uh, housing as a legally protected fundamental human right for all Canadians and permanent residents. Yes. So. Again, sounds fantastic in yeah. theory. How how do you how impl- do you implement it? Right. And, and this, I don't. Have you heard any details about that one? Uh, no. Again, details are not forthcoming from anybody on how these things are going to be implemented. However. One, my idea and uh, an idea that was pretty free-flowing at the conference was we, we need to change the zoning in the way that we build our, our cities, our, our, our where we live. Um, and some of the things that we need to look at is, one, change the zoning from single-family detached homes to multiple dwellings, to apartments, to condos. Um, we need to start looking at our infrastructure in our cities. Um, people move to the city because they can walk to everything. Um, they can walk to their job. There's transit. There's there's bike lanes. When they're looking at building roads now, they're starting to take into effect many different transport or ways that people transport. So the cities that seem to do well um, have transportation. They've got extracurriculars built into their their city plan. They've got parks built in. They've got they look at ways to cut down on our carbon emissions by putting in bike lanes, etc. Um, when p- people want to live, they're willing to give up space in a big home if everything is within walking distance to where they live. It makes things easy. Um, and then your your community, you start to get to know your neighbors now because in order to go throw a ball with your kid, you no longer have the big backyard to do it in. You now have to go to the park to do it. So now you're starting mm-hmm. to meet your neighbors and you start to get a full sense of community. It's hard to wash the dishes and keep your eye on, on your kids in the backyard, though, when you 
have to walk all the way to the park. It it really truly is. So that's another thing that they're looking at. How how do we change the way we look at family? How do we change the way that we look at community? How do we change our ideas about certain things? Mm-hmm. You know, we have a lot of suburbs, but the people who live in the suburbs have long commutes. So now we've got traffic traffic buildup, right? Um, we've got people who no longer know their neighbors because there's so much space between them. I know in my subdivision, we're all an acre and a half of property. I, I moved there thinking, yay, I'm finally going to have neighbors. I'm going to be able to go for tea and, and glasses of wine with the ladies in the neighborhood. And we really don't. We, we wave at each other and we see people walking on the street with their dogs and we say, hi, how's the weather? But that's realistically it. And then we all jump in our cars and we all drive to wherever we have to go for work. Do you really have time for tea? <laughs> Um, I, I actually have to make it an appointment <laughs> in my book and then stick to it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the last thing, last thing I, I want to say for Green is they're, they're also proposing they build 25,000 affordable homes every year for the next 10 years. So that's a lot of affordable housing. That is. But the only way to do that is by changing zoning. You know, I know out where and I... Pulling, yeah, and <laughs> pulling money from somewhere to give incentives for it to be built. That's it, because it's fine and dandy to say we're going to build this, but if you're building it out in the middle of nowhere, those people who you're building the affordable housing for, their costs in other areas of their lives go up because of commuting. All right, let's get into environmental. Okay. Environmental platforms for housing and home ownership. And let's start with, let's start with Bloc Quebecois. (laughs) <laughs> All right. I oh know no. I know there it's not necessarily a big deal here, but we haven't mentioned them. And and they have said something about it. <clears throat> and basically what they're saying here is and it doesn't seem really in Canada's best interests, but they're they're saying um they want to allow natural disaster victims to take money out of their RSPs without penalty or tax. Uh, to renovate post-disaster, and uh, but they okay, but they must also prove that the damage was caused by climate change. <laughs> so, so actually, this is this. I, I was wrong. This one is Canada-wide. Okay, There's, it's an it's an environmental, it's a natural disaster one. So they're but they're they're just going to let you take your own money basically out without penalty um, or tax to renovate after a disaster i just wonder how difficult it will be to prove it was a climate change natural disaster as opposed to a plain natural disaster you know what because there's so much debate right now on whether climate change and global warming and all that actually exists i don't know how they could ever prove that that's what it was from uh, unless you did a historical historical thing on storms in the in that particular area um i I just don't see that one flying and i think a lot of people are going to be left with houses that aren't repaired that's what i think all right well first time we mentioned block haven't mentioned uh people's party with maxime bernier yet because i didn't find anything about homes or home (coughs) ownership 
and and I'm not saying that that means uh, there was nothing. I went last option. night. It's just he's no. not there. So there, you there's nothing. I I was looking last night. Even uh, the Canadian Real Estate Association had nothing. They have a party platform that you can look at, but there's nothing in there about housing or stress tests or amateurization or helping first-time homeowners. There's there's nothing. I don't think they have a plan. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't find one at all. Let's let's get back lib- liberal government. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Trudeau, they're talking a lot about energy efficiency in your home. They're talking yeah. about retrofitting 1.5 million homes for energy efficiency, um, uh, offering offering interest-free loans up to forty thousand dollars to make homes um, more weather resilient and and other environmental retrofits and and then there's a, a neat thing they're talking about it's called this net zero home grant and it's up to five thousand dollars for people buying uh, new builds that are certified as uh, zero emissions zero emissions so what are you thinking of of those sort of uh, environmental I again I think in theory it sounds wonderful. There's no real details on how that's going to roll out. And how does that affect the homes that fall into heritage society protected areas? Because I know when you're dealing with the historical society, um, it's very hard to renovate those 100-year-old homes to meet today's energy efficient, zero emissions uh, standards. Yeah, and and I mean retrofitting 1.5 million homes. Um, Are they we forcing we people to do this, or is it going to yeah. be voluntary? Because again, now you're digging in. We're talking about the debt that people are carrying and how it's getting bigger. Is this not just adding to that debt and affordability of homes again? Yeah, and and imagine uh, you're buying a new build that's certified zero emissions. That's got to be some fantastic technology, and they're going to give you up to a $5,000 incentive. I don't see that happening. When we're talking technology and testing, yeah. you're looking at way more than $5,000 involved. looking at a 40000 upgrade. For, but maybe you're the person who says, you know what, I'm going to benefit from this anyways because my footprint, uh, carbon footprint, is going to be so much smaller. Our, our heating bills are going to be so much smaller. Our hydro bills so so you know what for a person who would be inclined to that anyways maybe pretty good maybe but again i think you're only going to be affecting the top echelon income workers i don't think you're going to be affecting the average joe well and and they're they're riding on this one pretty heavily because they're also going to spend a hundred million dollars on skills training for workers um to in in the energy audit field in retrofits and in this zero emissions field so they're okay we've been beefing about details we have been. there's there's a few more details there a few more a yeah few more. not 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 comprehensive um no. uh, and and they're also saying they want to create a low uh cost national flood insurance program jody we're we're near the end we're, we're no we're at the <laughs> we're end we're at the end um, <laughs> did I miss anybody else's um, environmental? I think thing? we've pretty much touched on yeah. everybody. There yeah. were some more you general know. ones and 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 some foreign green home taxes and, and foreign investor ones, but yeah. you know what? It just isn't happening today. No, Jody, thank you so much for joining joining us. And and if somebody would like to get a hold of you for real estate, what's the best way? 
So if you want to get a hold of me for real estate, feel free to email me at jledgerwood at nhrealty.ca or you can call or text me at 905 269-7653, better known as 905-269-SOLD. Very clever. (laughs) I thought so. (laughs) And if if you have any questions or comments about today's show or for any real estate questions, feel free to contact me by emailing dale at dalebryant.ca. I'm an active real estate broker with Royal LePage Pro Alliance Realty Brokerage. And don't forget to join me next Thursday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon for reality realty on northumberland 89.7 fm truly local radio until next week folks the programs from radio's golden age live here the famous dramas comedy and mystery shows can be heard every sunday from 9